This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. My name is Perry Goldstein. I'm one of your co-hosts. And as always, I am joined by our other co-host, Maggie Loney. And this week, this week, we actually have a real regular season football game to talk about. Yes, we do. The Packers (laughs) are going to Jacksonville. No, they're not playing the Jaguars. They're playing the Saints in Jacksonville because, unfortunately, the Superdome is um, still not safe enough to play in after the hurricane. But it's week one, Packers-Saints, both technically away, even though it's a Saints home game, and we have real football on Sunday. Maggie, how are you feeling? I mean, I was trying to figure out why you wanted to do the intro, and my thoughts were because we have football to talk about finally and because it's Mina Kimes' birthday. So you did a great job. It Loved is it. Mina Kimes' birthday. Happy birthday, Queen. Loved it. But, yeah, we have real football to talk about. That's exciting. I mean, not that we weren't talking about football players for the last six months, but it's fun to actually be able to talk about key matchups and X-factors and breakout players and all the fun things we normally get to talk about during the season. Yes. Yeah, we, we love the off season. We get to get creative, but there is truly nothing better than actually talking about real football matchups. So I think you and I are in agreement about the handful of things that we're looking for from the Packers offense and defense when it comes to playing the Saints. Um, I think we can probably start off with their offense and the Packers defense because I think that's the biggest change, right? The Packers played the Saints last season in New Orleans. Obviously, it was Drew Brees, and it was home, and Devontae Adams wasn't playing. Just like a com- This is a completely different matchup than Packers-Saints from years past, Like mainly because the Saints are no longer quarterbacked by Drew Brees. Um, they're quarterbacked by Jameis Winston, which is just could not be like more opposite of a player from Drew Brees, uh, which is very interesting. But Jameis is a wild card, I'd say, is the best way to describe him. Former first-round pick. I think former number one overall pick, Um, you know, definitely athletically gifted, has a mega arm, which again, completely opposite from Drew Brees, who could barely throw it 15 yards by his last season. Um, And, but also a turnover machine. So like I said, wild card. And I think getting to Jameis um, is going to be probably the most important task for the Packers and these edge rushers is getting to him and affecting the pocket because Jameis under pressure versus Jameis in a clean pocket um, are two very different players. I think my thought here, and you know, 
I know you know more about the offensive line than I do, but the Saints have a pretty good offensive line. I think both of their tackles are two of the best in the league. Um, so it's not like getting pressure on Jameis is going to be an easy task. Yeah, and one of the things that stood out to me, um, which is completely unrelated really to anything, like I guess it's super important, but that the Saints took Cesar Ruiz um, right before the Packers drafted last season. And now he's playing right guard for them because when they drafted him, I thought he was kind of going to be their center of the future. So I think it's interesting that they kicked him out. Um, but I guess the Packers also technically Elton Jenkins, I think was a center listed as center when they drafted him. So I guess that does make some sense, but yeah, I mean, they do have a really good offensive line. Uh, Zadarius Smith, it sounds like is trying to string together practices, still kind of working his way back in. I would imagine that he's active for Sunday, if I had to guess, not sure how much he'll play, but I think Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are going to be huge keys to this game, like you said. And I think with a guy like Alvin Kamara, to me, the ideal position that needs to kind of step up is the inside linebacker. So this is going to be a really good litmus test for Devondre Campbell and Joe Barry in the middle of that defense, because we know Joe Barry loves his inside linebackers and we need to see some coverage ability in whoever is playing in the middle of the defense with a guy like Kamara, who undoubtedly with Michael Saints, Michael Saints, Michael Thomas out will be kind of the security blanket for Jameis Winston. Right. So it's interesting that you talk about Z because obviously that's probably the only question mark left for the Packers. The injury report came out right before we started recording. Z is on there. He hasn't really done a full practice. If he is active, do you think they keep him at a limited snap count? Yeah, I could see them putting him in in like certain packages, maybe third downs. Um, could also see him kind of doing that roaming nose, standing over center instead of rushing off the edge. Um, so I think he'll get some looks, but I definitely could see them kind of slowly bringing him in, especially because we know he's dealt with some of these injuries in the past. You don't want this to be something that lingers all the way through the season if you can nip it early. Right. Like this is a marathon, not a sprint. I think that's like my mindset always when it comes to injuries to key players, which is you expect the Packers to be – in this for the long haul, you don't want someone like Zadarius Smith to aggravate anything week one and be out for any length of time um, because that does leave the Packers pretty vulnerable. You you mentioned it, like Preston and Rashawn Gary can be effective. We know that Kenny Clark, you know, is that interior pressure, like A+. Maybe Kingsley Kiki can get in there and, and affect the pocket a little bit, but like Z is your guy, and so you don't want anything, you know, long-term to happen to him, which is, I think, I agree with you. I think if he does play, it's going to be in a limited capacity. Um, it, it, he does yeah. share a birthday with Mina Kimes. It's also Zadarius Smith's birthday today. Great day. It's a great day. <laughs> and um, uh, I was going to say, just really quick, Paul Brettel pulled this from the dope sheet, but in the past four season openers, Zadarius Smith has tallied a sack. So this would be theoretically number five if he is able to play on Sunday and register a sack against Jamie Swinston. I love that. Kind of a cool streak. That's a very fun stat. Um, I love those because, like, they don't really mean anything, but they are fun. We like patterns. Yeah. Um, And I do – I mean, I think that no matter what, pressuring Jameis is going to be important because he's not the kind of quarterback who is going to just, like, crumble and fall. Um, He's going to throw up, you know, a kind of Hail Mary 50-50, kind of Brett Farvey ball – and that's when you'd hope that the Packers secondary can capitalize on a mistake like that. Um, I was looking the other day, I think it was Zach Cruz who posted, you know, what are the three main keys to winning a football game? And the first thing that came to mind for me for some reason, because there are so many answers to that question, right, is winning the turnover battle. And I think in this game, if you 
have a vulnerable player like Jameis, who you know can turn the ball over, has a tendency to turn the ball over, then you want to do everything you can to make it so that happens. Yeah, to me, so that's what's really interesting because just a couple seconds ago, you mentioned Kingsley Kiki as somebody who can generate pressure. Last season against the Saints, Kingsley Kiki was a two-sack player. You know, that was his two-sack game. He was the only player to get a sack in that game, and the Packers didn't get a single turnover. There were no interceptions in that game. Aaron Rodgers threw three touchdowns and also didn't turn the ball over. And it was 37-30, like crazy game, came down to the wire, really high scoring. I, I kind of honestly, I mean, not that we want to see that from the defense week one, but I feel like it could be another shootout where, you know, these are two have the ability to be high powered offenses. And if we're still kind of learning the Joe Barry defense. Yeah, it is interesting to me because Jameis can definitely make this a shootout, but the Saints don't have any weapons for him to throw to. Right. Right. Like Michael Thomas is out. I don't even know who their other receivers are. Like Alvin Kamara is the guy that you need to stop. And you mentioned this already and just spot on, right? Like it's going to be a huge test for the inside linebackers, but it's also going to be a huge test for the secondary because Alvin Kamara can get to that second level very, very quickly. And this could also very quickly turn into a Dalvin Cook game where he just kind of like takes over and scores and the Packers run defense um, is going to get seriously tested week one very early. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what kept the saints in the game last year was Alvin Kamara would go out for like a five yard slant and he would turn into 20 yards because there was zero tackling ability in the middle of the defense or it'd be like third and long and you'd play 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. And then what do you know, you know, another first down. So I guess, okay, so here's a question not to get like entirely off topic, but what do you need to see from the defense in Joe Verri's first game? Because I know you're not going to see everything. It's not going to be maybe that different from Mike Patton, but what are you excited about looking at in his defense? Oh man. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, tackling for sure. Like tackling is just not something that you can teach, but I want to see if he's been able to like change any, um, you know, past transgressions. Um, I definitely want to see who, what packages he comes out with early on um, and who's going to be actually playing in that nickel spot. I think the Saints are a very interesting first team to go against because, like I just said, they don't have a ton of weapons. It's not like we're going against the Bucks and you know that you need you know an extra corner out there to cover all of the Bucks weapons. So I'm curious to see how many if he uses an extra safety because right now Vernon Scott is hurt, so they're presumably only going into this game with three safeties. Does he throw another inside linebacker out there instead? Um, So the packages are what I have my eye on. Um, And I think those are the two. Those are the two right now. Just can you tackle? Can you end drives? You know, what, what does their third down defense look like? And what, what packages does he trot out there? What about you? That's a really interesting point about the safeties. It's making me wonder if like Innis Gaines or somebody will get called up from the practice squad or be elevated, you know, for a game, just because we're not sure kind of what that'll look like. I know Henry Black is there, but if Vernon Scott is potentially unable to go, even just for special teams use, Mm -hmm. I'm curious the game day, like healthy scratches will be on the roster. But yeah, I think to me, I'm just curious how Joe Barry is going to use his inside linebackers. Is Chris Barnes going to be the every down guy wearing the mic? Is it going to be Devondre Campbell? Like, how is he going to use a lot of two inside linebacker sets? Or are we going to see some Adrian Amos in the box and Darnell Savage and, you know, Henry Black at free safety? 
I don't we know. Love Amos in the box. <laughs> I have written about it. I've talked about it. Adrian Amos <laughs> is going to thrive in the box this season. Um, so, okay. So before we flip over that, my only last note on the saints offense is you cannot, you know, discredit their coach, right? Sean Payton has been right. able to do a lot with very little and we've seen it over the years. So, um, you have to go in knowing and expecting and respecting the Peyton ability to scheme open his guys and do what he needs to for Jameis. So um, I think it's going to, I mean, from a football IQ standpoint, for sure, that's going to be a test for Joe Barry to, to try to game plan for a guy like Sean Payton, who you know can get creative, right? He's the one that masterminded the Taysom Hill project, whether you think it was a success or not. Um, so you got to be on your toes with him. Yeah, the Taysom Hill, that's going to make this really interesting. I Like, we know that Jameis won the starting quarterback job, but there have to be wrinkles that are coming out on Sunday with Taysom Hill, whether he's taking direct snaps, whether he's lined up at fullback, tight end, whatever it is. I know he had said, like, look, I want to be an NFL quarterback, but you're making money, you're on the field. Sean Payton's going to do something weird with him on Sunday, so Packers fans get ready to, you know, get your angry Twitter fingers out. I wonder if he does it to spite the Packers, like just for funsies. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, so last time the Packers played the Saints was week three last season, right? Week three, Devontae had just hurt himself, turf toe, not in. It was the Alan Lazard game. Yes, I'm recalling now. I was in Lake Tahoe and I got altitude sickness and I was throwing up watching the game on the bathroom floor because that's what <laughs> a fan I am. Um, <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> but this Packers offense is probably what I'm least worried about, right? We know that they're going to go out there. We know that they're going to score and they're probably going to score a lot of points. There's no hate to the Saints defense. They obviously have a ton of weapons in Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore. But I think this Packers team has more weapons for them to cover than they have people to cover them. And what I'm excited about, and I'm curious to hear what you're excited about or kind of have your questions about is we've got a lot of kind of newer weapons, right? AJ Dillon was not a factor last season. Um, Amari Rogers was not on the team. Josiah DeGuara was already hurt. You know, the Packers have some new offensive linemen to take into account when it comes to protecting Aaron Rodgers and in the run game. So, like, what's Matt LaFleur going to do? What new wrinkles is he going to bring out? What packages is he going to deploy? How is he going to use these new guys? I guess also there's Randall Cobb who's back in the picture. So there's just, like, a lot of questions around, like, how he's going to get everybody involved. It's never a problem to have that many weapons, but you have to also be very strategic in the way you deploy them. Yeah, as much as my like heart bias wants to say it's Randall Cobb, I genuinely feel like we're going to get an MVS first touchdown in the season, and it's just going to start him on his trajectory to a 1,000-yard, whatever it is, 800-yard, eight-touchdown massive season for MVS uh, before the Packers are even able to consider paying him. Um, and I think your tweet said it best. I don't want to take your tweet from you, but if you oh, could elaborate it. on your – all right, so you've got, obviously, like you mentioned, Marshawn Lattimore – uh, who, who I think is how you said it on Twitter, who's starting opposite uh, Marshawn Lattimore. His name's Ken Crowley. 
not even sure if we're pronouncing that correctly. No disrespect to you, Ken Crowley, but it's absolutely not like you're going up against two all pros. So whoever that is, you're assuming Marshall Lattimore at this point will be tasked with shadowing a guy like Devontae Adams. Yeah. So if that's MVS, he's going to eat like that. That's something that I think, you know, the Saints defense is going to have to really take into account is whoever is lined up as wide receiver two taking care of them and giving some safety help to whoever is at that second cornerback spot. Right. Yeah. So the Saints came out with their depth chart um, today, the day we're recording. They also, we heard the news that they traded for Bradley Roby from the Texans, but he's suspended for a week. So he can't start until week two, which means the Packers won't see him at all. Um, And so they, like you said, they're, they're trotting out Ken Crawley, um, and again, like it's this is no hate, right? But you have one all like one of the best, probably for a long time, at least most consistent corners in the league. And then you have someone who's by all accounts, in comparison to Marshawn Lattimore, kind of a liability. And so again, either you have just Lattimore Adams all day long, or you have Lattimore on a guy like MVS, um, and you kind of double team Devontae, even though that never really seems to work out, no matter what you put on him so again it's going to be a test for the Saints defense because like what do we do there with all these Packers weapons and then you have you know one cornerback who you can't really trust potentially going up against a guy like MVS who's one of the best deep threats in the league yeah and before we shift too much um Paulson Adebo my draft love uh, from the season is with the saints. Don't expect him to play too much, but you know, something else I've been looking at quite a bit and I know we're going to get there is this Packers offensive line. And what's funny to me, if you look at the saints defensive line, obviously they've got Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport who are both very talented. That's going to be quite the test for Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner. But I think, you know, if you had to look kind of at the offensive line as a whole right now, you probably feel the best about Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner. So that could be okay. Um, as far as the defensive tackle is concerned, they have two former Packers, Christian Ringo and Montrevious Adams was just signed with them. So just a little nugget. I think that's interesting. Neither of them obviously latched on with the Packers for too long. So looks like there's going to be a lot more pressure off the edge than maybe up the middle as far as, you know, that D line is concerned. Yeah. Which I think is interesting for, you know, I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both can run through any lane, but if you are going to be mostly, like you said, running through the interior lanes, that's going to be on the new young guys, which is exactly where I wanted to go next with you, which is Packers are starting, or presumably we assume based off Matt LaFleur's comments, um, that they are starting both Josh Myers and Royce Newman, and they're also going to be side by side, which is two rookies next to each other. And maybe we're too close to the situation, but I think objectively, if it was another team and I was hearing that, I'd be like, that's worrisome. For Aaron Rodgers, Um, I think, again, we're close enough to the situation where obviously the Packers would not be doing that if they weren't comfortable. But, you know, real game time, bright lights brings out you never know in a young player. So you hope that both of them can handle that. But it's the Packers are asking, basically my point is, they're asking a lot of these two rookies. And especially, like you said, if interior pressure is not going to be something, you know, they're going to be getting a lot, you're asking these guys to do a lot in the run game for them. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think it's interesting too. Like I think we all had expected Josh Myers to start right away. Second round pick at a position of need that felt really obvious unless Elton Jenkins was going to slide over to center and David Bakhtiari was going to come back and play left tackle. It really didn't feel like there was anybody else on the roster who you felt serviceable doing that, except maybe a Lucas Patrick. Um, One of the things that's interesting to me is that Lucas Patrick played at right guard last season, and now he's shifting over to left guard and Royce Newman is coming in at right guard to start there. So I'm not sure if that was a comfort for Royce Newman or if they liked his fit better, Um, but it seems like Royce is going to be the long-term solution at right guard. And maybe that's why Lucas Patrick is in a left guard. Royce maybe eclipsed him on the depth chart. Then when Elton Jenkins is healthy, he slides back to left guard. Dave Bakhtiari comes in and that's your new starting five. But yeah, I mean, it is, there's a lot of growing pains there for those guys. And, you know, Cam Jordan is a really big test. Marcus Davenport is turning into a really big test. But I think the heat, too, for guys like this, like what's your conditioning like, all of those factors, it's more than just kind of your blocking assignment. And I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Josh Myers on Sunday. Yes. And you know that the quarterback that they're projecting and the guy under center also expects a lot from them Mm -hmm. um, and has gotten on them during camp. In, because he knows that he needs to prepare them for this moment, which is right. start trotting out there starting week one against the Saints, who are no slouches on defense. Um, I'm excited for them. I'm, you know, we're going to be optimistic until there's something to be pessimistic about. Um, I really am quite confident that the Packers' offense and Matt Lafleur especially um, will be able to scheme up, you know, some some points more. Maybe not a forty burger like funny <laughs> season opener, but but points. Um, do we think this is? I I don't know if this is a bold prediction because it doesn't feel that bold to me. But do we think that this is finally the season where Matt Lafleur gets the coach of the year respect that he deserves? I don't think so, and I say that because I think Aaron Rodgers has another MVP season. I don't know if he wins MVP, but I think that, you know, if we're looking at a last dance and a team that's about to go scorched earth to do whatever the hell they need to do to get to a Super Bowl, then the narrative will be, well, he has Aaron Rodgers, and he has Devontae Adams, and he has Jair Alexander, and he has Adiri Smith, and it's not going to be about the fact that he has built an offense that can put up 35, 40 points a game, and he's got all this... Right. It's going to be, well, yeah, he's got the three-time MVP who's going scorched earth. It'll, it'll never be about him. Yeah. Interesting. I think it might be. I really do. If the Packers have another like 12 plus win season and put up the points that they did last year, I think that, I think it's warranted. I, I, I'd like to think at least that analysts around the league have some level of ability on nuance, but um, maybe that's just putting too much stock in them, but I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I think, and I was thinking about this, and then Aaron Rodgers talked about it in his press conference today, which I thought was interesting. Was like, how do we keep this offense new? How do mm-hmm. we, you know, we're we're comfortable in it. We all understand the playbook, especially the offense right now. It's year three, but how do we make it fun? How do we keep everybody engaged? How do we add new new things? And it certainly sounds like both Aaron and Matt have a good enough relationship where they kind of bounce ideas off each other, hack it too. Um, can't forget about Nathaniel Hacken. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we'll we'll see some fun things from Matt Lafleur. I'm definitely excited. He's got some of his favorite weapons in there and back. Um, I mean, we all felt I think as fans like Randall Cobb was always meant to be in this office and offense, and we <laughs> the office, and we <laughs> wish that he had stuck around. So you love that. 
Um, curious to see who's going to be out there for special teams, like who's going to be punt and kick returning. Um, Cause we have Packers have some options now, but I'm ready. I'm ready for some football. Right now on the unofficial depth chart, it looks like Amari Rogers is doing punt returns and Kylan Hill is doing kick returns. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, do we want to talk about special teams at all? Just, I know that Maury Straten had said like, you know, if there's not things to improve, then that's a problem during the preseason. But do you think having a new punter, AKA new holder for Mason Crosby is anything to be concerned about Hunter Bradley? Um, you know, it sounds like, Goody and the rest of the coaching staff like wasn't upset or concerned about that, but then they put a long snapper on their practice squad. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Are you concerned going into the season about special teams? No, I mean, yes, <laughs> always, but like in terms of the new punter. Okay. Um, in terms of Mason Crosby, certainly no. Um, I think Mason's always, money. but one bad hold. It's a botched field goal. Yeah, but he's had a couple bad holds, and he seems to always be able to kick through them. So I think it's going to be all right. Um, no, Packers special teams are always bad. So it's really nowhere to go but up. Low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 31st. 31st. <laughs> so I think they have, they have plenty to work on, and we'll see how they do. And those are my thoughts on special teams. Do you have any other final thoughts about the Packers versus Saints before we do? And I'm springing this on you. In NFC AFC roundup, just really quick thoughts on who's going to win each division. Oh my god, I love on each division. Or you want to call games? Let's do both. This is our first episode of the regular 2021 season show. Um, okay, let's, <laughs> my only my only thoughts, final thoughts are, I think it's to the Packers' advantage that they're playing in Jacksonville. I think Packers fans travel very well and not being in the Superdome is always a positive. So I feel for the Saints not getting a home game that honestly, that sucks. There, there's no other way to say no. it, but now I have to look at these games and decide, make my decision. Should we, should we keep this like a running thing throughout the season? Should we have each week our predictions and see who can guess more regular season games correctly? Yeah, let's do that. I like this listeners. You're getting on the fly. Uh, on the fly ideas except there's not going to be a bet involved because i don't want to drink this no 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 we'll just we'll just tally them up let's do it all right i'll i'll keep track of this somehow okay division nfl divisions obviously we will start in the national football conference (laughs) the nfc north in which we select the green bay packers and that's not even being a homer please make a case for me on why you think the other three teams will win and i would love to hear you out I will not do that. Okay. Do you agree? Yes or no? That is the Packers? Yes. Okay. We move on to the NFC East. No, we're going to go last because that one's the hardest. Um, NFC South, it's going to be the Buccaneers again. Um, Yes. I don't really see any of the other teams getting even close. Okay. We're both in agreement. NFC West. I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going with the Rams. Okay. I love it. Um, I just, I think Trey Lance is going to end up taking over and Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme up some beautiful things for them. Um, just as long as it's not the Seahawks. Amen. Um, <laughs> NFC East. Hallelujah. I'm going to go with the Washington football team because Same. I think, 
that really, let's go. Mm-hmm. I think that defensive front and Fitzmagic is going to make a beautiful combination. Fitzmagic has to be serviceable. And he has Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. Like, he's got weapons, and he is above serviceable at yeah. the NFL level. He's – if I wanted, like, an above-average vet on my team, that's who I would want. Because Cowboys he's so smart. He, oh, for sure. He, he Did you know he went to Harvard? Oh, my God. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, Cowboys are a sleeper wild card to me. I agree. I agree. If Dak is healthy, I mean, that receiving core is insane. And the Dan Quinn defense. We were just talking about this in the DMs. We were. Can't wait to see how that looks. I know. It's going to be very interesting. They just don't have a lot of weapons to work with on defense. Right. Um, okay. We move now to the American Football Conference, okay. which we start with the AFC East. Um, this is AFC East is going to be really interesting. I am going to give it to the Bills, though. Same. Yes. Okay. At least for one more year. Agreed. Agreed. Moving on to the AFC West. I am also going to give it to the Chiefs. I think that's pretty obvious, but I do see the Chargers making the playoffs, too. Absolutely agreed. It's Chiefs, but the Chargers are going to be real close. I have become a huge Justin Herbert stan. We're going to bring up Mina Kimes again. She just did an amazing piece on him um, that I really recommend everybody go read. Okay, to the Loney's AFC North (laughs) division, Um, I'm going to be a friend, and I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely same. And it's not even because of Mark. The Browns are going to be really fucking good. Yeah, they're – she just dropped an (laughs) F-bomb. The Browns' defense – just look at the defense, like, on paper, and I don't don't have anything else to say. Um, And then you get OBJ back, and yeah. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are literally the best running back duo in the NFL. Better than Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? Don't do that. (laughs) I I mean, mean, more proven, more proven. Right, yes, there you go. Okay, finally, the (laughs) AFC South. Titans. It's the Titans. Yeah. Easy, the Titans. I maybe would have said the Colts before all their injuries, but I think it's certainly the Titans now. We literally only disagreed on the NFC South. No. West. West. Okay, yeah, it was Rams 49ers. Jesus. Okay, well, look at, we'll see if we're wrong then. Okay, <laughs> now us. we will do week one game predictions. This right, is so fun. I love this. I hope everyone else is enjoying this as well. Everybody turned it off already, so it's just for us, but it's okay. And my dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, tomorrow night. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, September 9th, tonight, um, is the first game of the season's cowboys Bucks. I'm so sorry to the Cowboys, but I really think the Buccaneers are going to wipe them clean off the yep. map. Yeah. Poor Mike McCarthy. I hope that's not on hard knocks. It ended already, right? Does it count the it first did. regular it season game? Okay, there you yeah. go. Then yeah, don't worry about sorry. it, Mike. Sorry, Mike, but we still love you. Um, then you have Seahawks-Colts. Seahawks. I agree. I think the Colts have too many like moving parts and new pieces. The Colts could be a wild card team. But I, I just depend. It all depends how Carson Wentz looks. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jaguars. Wow, what a matchup! Jaguars, Texans, Jaguars, Jaguars. I just think having Trevor Lawrence, no matter what, gives you an edge. He's gonna come out and win his first NFL game, and he's gonna be like the second coming of Jesus in the NFL. I mean, he's been one of the most unanimously touted 
prospects since high school in like a really long time. Right. So talented. Okay. Moving on to Eagles Falcons. Falcons. I was going to say that too. Okay. I'm going to go with the Eagles then. So we have one we don't agree on. Okay. Okay. What's your reasoning for the Eagles? I really, really, really <laughs> want to root for Jalen Hurts. Like, oh, yeah, I really yeah. do. I, I think – and I think that their receiving core is also pretty fun. You know, they took a couple guys that I wanted – I would have loved to the Packers have drafted, um, and they're somewhat healthy. And, yeah. And, you know, we love Fletcher Cox. This is a fun one. Chargers, Washington. I'm going to take Chargers. Okay. I'm going to take Washington because they're at home. But I think that's that that front seven. Yeah. And that's a very evenly matched game. But that front seven is going up against probably one of the best offensive lines in the league. Corey Lindsley and Balaga, Iowa. I know. It's a bummer they're not on Sunday Night Football. (laughs) Balaga, Iowa. Okay. Steelers, Bills. Wow, that's a fun one. I will watch that one. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills. Their offense is wild. Got two Magnoloni F bombs. <laughs> this beer is really strong, and I just really like talking about football. So me too. All right, Niners Lions. Obviously, the Niners. If the Lions somehow um, upset them, that would be wild. I literally just picked the 49ers in the can't lose pool that I'm in, which means that the Lions are going to upset, and I'm going to lose all my money in the first week of the season. I hope that doesn't happen for you. Um, <laughs> okay, this one is also a sneaky, exciting one to me. Um, Vikings Bengals. Because we got Joe Burrow now. It's going to be the Vikings, but it's going to be closer than Vikings fans want it to be, and they're going to complain about it. Okay. I respect that answer. What about you? I'm going to pick the Bengals. Are they at home? Yeah. Let's do it. T. Higgins breakout game. Oh, my God. Healthy Joe Burrow. Healthy Joe Burrow. I just, like, of all of the most recent quarterbacks, I love Joe Burrow the most. Are you ready for Joe Burrow to take a sack and for all of the national media to talk about how they should have drafted Penny Sewell? Well, they should have. (laughs) I mean, I I agree, but... (laughs) They definitely should have. Like, I get that it's fun to have Jamar Chase, but they definitely should have taken a tackle for him. It's okay, though. We will see what happens. We will move past that. Okay, we've got the the Jets quarterback bowl in Jets-Panthers game week one. I'm going Jets. I'm going Jets, too. Zach Wilson, let's go. Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur. We're fans now. And it's just so much better in New York when one of the New York teams is winning. And I think it's the Jets' time. I think it's the Jets' time. Jets fans will hate me for saying that because they are going to say you jinxed it for us. Um, yeah, for the three Jets fans to listen to Pax, which is sorry. Zero Jets fans. I listen to <laughs> okay. Cardinals, Titans. Titans. Julio Jones catches two touchdowns and everybody whines about it. This Falcons fan. Yeah, I'm going to go Titans as well. They're at home. I think their weapons are super scary and I don't even know who is in the Cardinal secondary. I'm going to look it up right now. Malcolm Butler, right? Isn't he their stud? Um, did Malcolm Butler just retire like out of nowhere? Maybe. <laughs> Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Robert Alford. Yeah, Malcolm Butler is out. All right. Well. So 
yeah, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> confidently pick the Titans now. This makes me even more confident that they're going to win the uh, South, too. Yeah. Okay. Here's the one. We were just talking about this before we started recording. Browns, Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. I'm sorry, Mark. Chiefs. I agree. That's an easy one. Um, this is another fun one. Really fun one. The Alabama quarterback bowl. Dolphins, Pats. Mm, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm taking the Pats. Okay. And never underestimate a bill. A Billy Bell. <laughs> um, I've literally never heard him called that, ever. He wouldn't like it, I think. Uh, Broncos, yeah, Giants. Broncos, Giants? Mm-hmm. Wow, they both suck. Giants. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants as well. They're home. And I don't even – I love Teddy and I want Barkley's Teddy. Barkley's back. Teddy, but yeah, yeah, Saquon's back. I actually think their defense is pretty decent. So – Okay. Gotta watch out for Von Miller. Ooh, they do have a really good secondary now, though, with Kyle Fuller. I'm still going to take the Giants, but the Broncos could be a dark horse. Oh, that was funny. Could, dark uh-huh. horse. Uh-huh. <laughs> a dark Bronco. Okay, go a ahead. Bronco. Okay, the next one on the list is Packers Saints. Packers. Packers, yeah. And not even, like, being a homer, I will fully, like, admit when I think the Packers are going to lose. But Packers comfortably is my prediction. I think it's going to be less comfortable than we want it to be, but... Like, I think it'll be another, like, one-score game. All right, Bears-Rams. Rams. Rams. Yeah, Rams. Rams are home. Matt Stafford. Oh, my God, I keep forgetting it's Matt Stafford and not Derek Goff. I can't wait to see the Rams with Matt Stafford. That's going to be dangerous. It's going to be really, really fun. I wish it wasn't a competitor, but it's going to be really, really Yeah, can't the Rams be in the AFC? Have the Bears announced who's starting it? Is it really Andy Dalton? It's Dalton. Okay, let's make a mini bet within this bet. Does Justin Fields ends up end up going into the game at some point? Oh my god, what if he goes in for like a handoff? <laughs> like like fourth quarter. I'm saying yes. No. Okay. That's I think that Matt Nagy's gonna have to eat crow for a couple weeks and then reluctantly put Justin Fields in like week four. I They're gonna go like 0 and three, and then Justin Fields is gonna start the rest of the season. Okay, I I do agree with you there, but I'm for for betting sake, I'm gonna we're gonna set up this mini bet within a bet. All right, we have a lot of okay. Last game. All right, Monday night Ravens Raiders. Ravens. I'm going Raiders. Okay, I think the Raiders are if Derek Carr can hold on to the ball in the end zone. They actually have some really decent weapons, and the Ravens are kind of a mess right now. They, like, don't have a running back. Lamar can't stay healthy, not even from injury, from COVID. So they have no wide receivers. They lost Matthew Judon. Um, Okay, so we will see. We'll continue, I guess, to do these uh, week predictions um, because those are fun, and we'll go back and see see who's right. Um, If you already tuned out, Thanks for listening in the beginning. Um, we've got real football. We've got real football starting this weekend. Packers football starting this weekend. Packers Saints. Uh, just really looking forward to it. Before we end the show, uh, we are going to be live on Tuesday. We'll be recapping the game. In the future, we will also be doing recaps on Twitch every Monday night for um, for Sunday games. Um, Maggie and I will be at the game week two, so we'll do a recap after that. So it's going to be a really fun 
fun season. Um, we'll just do our normal guest shows every month. And if you want, please follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney on Twitter. Please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitch and Instagram at Pax What She Said. We've been much better about the socials this off season, so that's been fun. Um, catch us on Pack a Day. Catch us. Catch Maggie writing for She Said TV. All of the things are happening this season. <laughs> You're really good at this. You're going to do this from now on. Okay. Get ready for some football. I'm ready for some football. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Is back in town, the Green Bay Packers.